0: We're starting a new series today, and it's uh, all about the church being a battleship for Jesus Christ. You know, a, a couple months ago, Brent preached a powerful sermon about the, the church not being a cruise ship, but it's a hospital. This is another metaphor. The church is a battleship, going to battle to win souls for Jesus Christ, our, our, our goal is to make disciples for the transformation of the world. So as we look at this battleship, our series is all hands on deck. If you think of a battleship or a, what do you call it, Uh, a carrier, a troop carrier, there's a word for that. Okay, thank you. Uh, Everybody knows their job and there are tasks at hand, but when someone yells all hands on deck or when there is a call, everybody goes to their immediate job. There is a sense of urgency and everybody does exactly what they have been trained to do. That's what we're going to be about this, this month. Our stewardship focus is that in the church, we have a bunch of ships that we need to, to be prepared on. Worship, fellowship, discipleship, and stewardship. So I want you to think powerfully this morning. Focus with me as we think about how important it is to worship. Because usually we have one of those ships, worship, fellowship, discipleship, stewardship, that we tend to gravitate toward. In other words, one of them may be our strength or where we're most comfortable. And, and our, our focus is that all of them play a part in who we are as disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to understand some things about worship. I want you first to understand that it's not just Of a Sunday morning. It's not just an hour on Sunday morning. Let me give you this definition. This to me makes perfect sense. Worship is to honor God with extravagant love and extreme submission. Hear those descriptors extravagant love, extreme submission. Now that's really cool. That's not a new age definition. That's from a dictionary back in the 1800s. People long before us led a, le, left a legacy of how we are being called to worship. Worship happens when we open our hearts to connect to the heart of God. You see, it is all about involving every single cell of who we are. It's not a mind thing. It's an all-encompassing, I give you all in worship. We offer one thing, one thing when we worship God, ourselves. And I want you to be just so cognizant of that, that it's not about us when we come to worship or when we are worshiping um, in our daily life. It is all about who and whose we are. We're setting our priority. We are claiming fully that God is sovereign, that God is God, and we're not. So bottom line, just to remind you, worship, it is not about us. So if you came here to just kind of sit down and casually say, all right, just give it to me, I'm here, I'm I'm taking up a seat, then you have come with the wrong mindset and you haven't gotten your heart prepared for worship. Worship, opening ourselves, our very being, to connect with the heart of God. I want you to understand that worship is a life that honors God. Like I said, it's not an hour on Sunday morning. It's not a Wednesday night. It is a life that honors God. So when I talk about these things this morning, I don't want you to think about sitting here on Sunday morning. I want you to think a much bigger picture of how you are being called to give of your entire self in worship. I want I want to share with you a quote from Travis Cottrell. He's a very famous worship leader. Some of you know Beth Moore's teaching. He often travels around leading worship with Beth Moore. This is what he says about worship. It doesn't depend on easy tasks. In other words, I've heard some of you say some people just come to church and check a box like I've done that for this week. I've, I've been seen. I did my worship thing. Or some of us check the box because we we read a daily devotional in the morning. Okay, check it off. Worship doesn't depend on easy tasks. It is not dependent upon ideal circumstances or perfect lives, but a surrendered heart. Worship is saying this to God. You matter more than anything else. Do you hear that? Do you hear the humbling of self and the sovereignty of God? You matter more than anything else in my life. God, you are wiser than I am. You are purer. You are more powerful. I submit to who you are and what you're doing in my life. I trust you because you're God and I'm not. Do you hear the humility, the emptying of self, the all in for worship. All right, I've got four things I want to encourage you to do. And as I'm encouraging you, I, I want you to take a self, access, self assessment and open up to the Holy Spirit's conviction of where you may be called to go deeper in your life of worship. Number one is surrender, it is worship, it is a complete submission to God. I I describe it as a vulnerability, a risk. It's basically saying, I'm not going to cover up. I'm not going to hide from you, God. I'm going to take down my masks. I'm going to take away the facades. And I'm going to come just the way I am. I'm going to live my life in such a way that I am wide open to your guidance and your direction full disclosure I believe and if we are truly worshiping in the way in which we are called to worship everything in us must die that means my ego my pride my will my control my needs my wants my desires do you hear me if we are truly going to submit, if we are going to have extreme submission, then we're going to, as Scripture says, die to self." Romans 12:1 this is becoming quite a, a popular verse these days. God has something for us. Romans 12:1: "Present your bodies as holy and living sacrifices, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do you hear that? In other words, we say to God, everything I have, everything I am, everything I own is yours. I empty myself. I give it all to you. My focus, my priority is you, O God. Secondly, sacrifice. Scripture talks about bringing a sacrifice of praise. Come into the the gates with thanksgiving, with our hearts full of praise. That's what worship is all about. Not just here in this place, but it is a life of praise and thanksgiving, of sacrifice, giving our best to the one who gave it all. Giving our best, not just a little bit like, oh, I have time to read my Bible right now, or, oh, hey, I'm going to put on a worship song. It's giving our best, saying that God is the priority in our life, focusing everything we do with God at the helm. Pure worship. Do you remember that story? It's both in Matthew and Mark. It was at Bethany a few days before the Passover, And this woman came with a bottle of very expensive perfume. She broke it open, and you know, remember? She poured the entire thing over the head of Jesus. That's the image we should have of pure worship. She didn't give just a little bit. Hey, hey, Jesus, let me anoint you. She poured everything. This entire bottle of very expensive perfume over his head. That's how we're called to worship. Pouring ourselves completely out in honor, in praise, in thanksgiving to God. You know, we may have even sung it last week Blessed be your name. I think we did. There's such a powerful phrase in that song You give and you take away. Yet I choose to say, Blessed be your name. That's surrender. That's the complete sacrifice that we are called to to live out in worship. That God is God, God is sovereign, his ways, his thoughts are much higher than ours, and we humble ourselves. We may not understand We may be going through very difficult circumstance or watching or journeying with someone whose life doesn't make sense. Who is going through incredible times of life or death. And in those moments, it is a sacrifice of praise. You give and take away, yet I choose to say, blessed be your name. The third thing is this, we need to be seeking God. In other words, when, when I am in a, in, a, in a moment of worship, I am expectant because I know that God has promised never to leave me nor forsake me. So when I truly acknowledge his presence with me, then I expect that God is with me. I expect that God responds to my worship it makes a difference when I give God my worship, when, when we open our hearts to the unexpected or to the mysterious or to the supernatural, when we let down our guard, when we aren't so concerned about what other people will think, if we're doing the right thing or if we're not doing the right thing, if we simply live a life in such a way that we are being who God creates us to be. Do you hear me? Do you hear how God is saying, you don't need to hide from me, and you don't need to hide and act like you're somebody you're not? Take off the mask, take off, get get away from the walls and the facade, and just be yourself. When we are seeking in our worship, we are longing for more. Scripture talks about a, a we thirst for you. So I think it's Psalm 42, I, I, I thirst for you, I pant for you like a deer pants for the water. If you're not thirsty, if you're not hungry, then that's an indication that God is saying, I would like you to open up. I would like more of you because I long to be in relationship with you. Finally, worship needs to be spirit-led, and I'll get to the scripture in just a moment. The Holy Spirit brings us into deeper relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. When we are worshiping in spirit and in truth, we actually experience freedom, because when we are Following the guidance, the direction of the Holy Spirit, that is a direct connection. It is the very presence of God alive and well within us. When we are obedient, when we ask, Holy Spirit, come, uh, uh, move in and through us, that's when the deepest connection occurs. Our Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit is our advocate, our counselor, our comforter, our sustainer. And when we worship in spirit and in truth, we do deepen our awareness of God. If we can go to uh, John 4. This was at the end of the story of the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. You know, Jesus had, had this incredible conversation with her, and she's trying to, to have her act together. And she's trying, um, I believe, to, to keep that mask on and to, to give Jesus a good impression of who she is. And she's asking, um, you know, basically who Jesus is. Are you a prophet? And she talks about the, the fathers that worshiped in a certain way. And this is what Jesus says. Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Now listen. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. That's the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The truth is that we are standing firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we worship in spirit, that means we truly are opening our hearts to connect with the heart of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to do that supernatural work that only the Holy Spirit can do. When we let down our guard, then the Holy Spirit brings us into deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, band, if you'd get ready, we're going to worship soon. I suggest that you do this this morning, that you ask the Holy Spirit to come, to move within you, through you, and among us in this place. And I, I want to encourage you today that, that you give as pure a worship as you can to God. That means you're not going to be looking at anybody else. You're not going to be flat out concerned how... Anyone else worships. But this is a time to give of your best to the one who has given it all for us. This is a time of emptying ourselves, dying to us, dying to our stuff, and praising Jesus, the Lord and Savior of our lives. Let's stand and worship.